one step forward. I just take three more steps back. <laughs> you just keep going back. No progress. <laughs> I was here three years ago. Crap. Crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> I just woke up one uh, day. How'd I get here? This is funny. <sighs> this is Ray. And this is Ruben. This is the Rabbit Hole Ramble. Where, where we, we say, say the, the quiet part out loud. So, we are doing a something we've never done before, which is a pre-recording for a recording we already did not post-recording of a recording we already did okay that makes so sense. it's like we're coming back we're recording something and we're going to release an episode of something that we recorded weeks ago actually our very first ever this is the this is deep tracks <clears throat> and it's weird because we shouldn't even have this but it hasn't <laughs> been that long <laughs> i don't even know what prompted you to hit record that day we were I like, don't know, and it's just, not even let's that just good. Test this out. <laughs> I'm just talking about like the 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 equipment's not our normal stuff, and yeah, it's just a microphone, and we both were on the same microphone, so oh, you can yeah, switch yeah, channels. Yeah. So you'll so, have to bear bear with the audio again. So I yeah, think. just it might even be the best audio, which is funny. We tried yeah. to get more technical and got worse, but um. So anyway, we're recording this kind of as a pre or a post recording to release how we got to where we are. Yeah, and so this is the fifth episode. But it's actually our first episode. So pre-episode zero. Let that blow your mind one, for a second. It's almost like we're going back in time. Ooh. Super deep tracks. Deep cuts. We're, we're exposing what's on the dark web. Have you ever seen the um, Star Wars, you know, three, four, five, and the, you know, sorry, not far, four, five, six. So the original three. They came out like 20 years later with a like director's cut mm. and it had deleted scenes. Did you ever see that? Jabba the Hutt's like I've squirming never, around and people are going to stop listening after I say this, but I've never seen Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> maybe if I had a friend to watch dude, it with, you just I would watch said it. the quiet part out. That is the one thing that's unforgivable, dude. <laughs> well, then be a good friend and watch it with me. I've never uh, had anyone to watch it with. That's terrible. People dude. say all the time, they're like, oh, dude, we'll have to, we'll have to watch it together. And then whenever so you go it. to watch it, let's do it. It's I don't know like, when we'll do it, but let's do it. It's like, oh, yeah, they're actually too long. We'll do a secret insider um, podcast for listeners that actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll watch Star Wars and then tell you how it went. We'll just play Star it'll Wars in the background. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a secret episode while we're recording a podcast. And I'll just Perfect. point stuff out to you. So, okay. But you know who the characters are, right? Han Solo and Luke and. Luke I know, I know Luke Darth and Vader. Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so he's breathing, Leia, heavy you breathing, don't know all that stuff. And he said, "Luke, I am your father." That's mm -hmm. that's all I know. And he's like, "Because no. I used to say as a kid, you know, was, his hand was like, oh, you probably don't even know that." Nope, dude. Anyway, oh. the reason I'm saying that is there was this <laughs> release of Star Wars, and it was deleted scenes, and it really was stupid because they weren't really edited. And anyway, yeah. anyway, that's what this is. This is like a. Totally unedited. Yeah. Not even years later. We're just talking a month later. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking like inside the minds inside because we didn't mind. plan to release it. Ever. It was just like, let's get used to talking into a microphone. Right. <laughs> and we didn't even have our podcast name. No. We were like, just going to call it the ramble. That's all yeah. it was, was the ramble. 
And then we started talking and it was like the rabbit trail ramble. So you'll hear it in the upcoming, what you're going to hear. And really we, we came across it by being stupid at the very <laughs> end, like, just we being just... idiots. <laughs> and it resonated so well, dude. Like we stumbled into a rabbit hole and we thought we were on a rabbit trail, but we really were in a dark hole. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, we should call this the rabbit hole ramble with Ray and Ruben. Oh, snap. So that was oh, good. Yeah, so, we got it. Um, one thing we didn't have at the time was a a, um, a, a, a sponsor. So we want to shout out to our sponsor for this pre-episode. So this was a free one sponsor. I mean, come on now. Yeah, we were, we were going to step into a sponsor or not. And then yeah. we were fortunate enough to get a sponsor. And when we say sponsor, we just mean feeding our coffee addiction. Yeah. Sponsor, you know. <laughs> they help us put this podcast out for you to see it. Yep. Or hear it. Yeah. <laughs> see it, hear it. And they supply us with our coffee needs. So, um, who is our sponsor? Coffee Slingers Roasters. Coffee Slingers Roasters. In Oklahoma City. Sweet. So, coffeeslingers.com. Go there for all your coffee needs. They'll ship it to you. Um, yep. It's episode five. They may have a subscription now, a Ramble subscription. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe so. we should get them, could get them to do like a discount if they listen to us. Or if they sign up for or a prescription. They... Prescription. <laughs> subscription. It's a, it's a prescription, man. It's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I need my coffee fix. <laughs> I need my coffee injection. No, it's a, a subscription. Maybe they can sign up for a Ramble subscription yeah. and possibly get a better deal. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's already we'll a good talk deal, so we'll see. We'll see. We're not promising anything on yeah, the Ramble. No. Don't yeah. listen to us. Yeah, delete that part from your mind. <laughs> yeah, that's just us rambling. That's what we do. We say yeah. the quiet part out loud. What should happen? Yeah. So coffeeslingers.com. Love them. Love the team. Check them out. So um, without rambling too much, we're going to jump into how in the world... The rabbit hole ramble got its name along with a question about being ill prepared for a leadership position. So mm-hmm. our very first ramble was, have you ever been somewhere in a position or in a leadership position where you didn't feel prepared? Yep. So that's what we discussed. It was a good conversation. Yeah. It was so. good. It kind of gave us hope for the ramble. So, yeah. so you'll, you'll journey with us on the ramble to the rabbit trail ramble to the rabbit hole ramble the rabbit where we hole actually ramble. landed. And hopefully are encouraged along the way with our conversation. That's our hope. So interestingly enough, there's a start stop three times. You'll probably never even discern them, but there's a start and stop three times in our recording. And then it goes on for, you know, our, we like long, long form podcasts. So Mm -hmm. that's how this is. So without further ado, here we go. Rabbit trail, AKA rabbit hole ramble episode pre zero slash one first recording ever episode five let's get ready to ramble <laughs> nice sweet yeet yeet there he goes that's, yeet. That's, that's, as you know this was recorded late yes <laughs> i keep my secret mug up here <laughs> i need a secret mug check one two one two check first recording no i'm good First recording of our Ramble podcast. Oh, yeah. We should call it the Ramble Rabbit Trail. That's what we should call it. The Ramble Trail. It's all ours. Ray, Reuben, Rabbit Trail Ramble. Rabbit Trail Ramble. <laughs> Saying the quiet part out loud, is that what you said? Yeah. So it's the Rabbit Trail Ramble. Saying the quiet part out loud. That's too long. <laughs> 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 which, which, which goes a lot. <laughs> 
That's perfect. Goes along That's with perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. So we should have a really long title, a really long... <laughs> Our title is... Tagline. Ray and Ruben's Rabbit Trail Ramble. <laughs> saying, the ra- saying the rabbit part out loud, saying the quiet part out loud. Which leads to nowhere. Which leads Except us... inner healing. Yes. Inner healing. That's and it's the name more... of our podcast. <laughs> should, we, should we be honest about... <laughs> This is more more for us than it is. We don't think anyone's going to hear it. Uh, No one's going to listen to us uh, or what we have to say. But it's going to be full exposure. Oh crap! Record. Oh, so we have a question we're asking ourselves. Tell us about an early leadership role that you felt ill-equipped to navigate. You're a pastor. I'm a pastor. I've been in ministry since 2002. You've been in ministry since uh, vocationally since 2012. But 2012. I was volunteer junior high. You were born into the ministry, man. So was I. That's just Dude. the way it goes. No, I really wasn't. Oh, you weren't. My, okay. No, my I'm a first generation. Yeah, I, was in, I was in church first Sunday. Served in the nursery when I was six months old. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah, you were you were ruling the place. I was. No, I wasn't. I was a very quiet baby. Talk to my mom. I was a quiet baby. Oh man, that doesn't seem possible. Quiet baby, doesn't seem possible. Isn't that crazy? You should ask her. Yeah, weird. Which is interesting because I'm a pretty, and maybe I overcompensate. Maybe maybe that's part of my out thereness. Your anxiety, if that's even a thing. (laughs) But Jordan calls me a high functioning introvert because I I could. True. I could totally sit in the corner by myself and like not engage anyone. But I think supernaturally, God's kind of pushed me and said, you know what, there's a, there's a mission. Do you so, think it's supernatural or is it a type of um, anxiety expectation? Oh, I don't like know. other people's expectation on you, so that's why you do it. Ooh, mm, I don't know. It could be that. Like a role you play because if, cause you have to? Oh, it's probably more that, honestly. But I think the supernatural side of it is that God has created a love in me for people Agreed. Because I've experienced his love. So I want, I have a, I have a deep longing for people to really experience love in the way that I've experienced it from him. And so that's, I think that's what pushes me all like at really base level, but there, there hundred percent is a, an expectation. So I was doing some work. Go ahead. Sorry. I listened to Carrie Newell this morning's latest episode, which is with Simon Sinek. And they talk about the why, and it was it was kind of interesting his take on conversion mm. and how it's not really it's a it's a pivot, but it still is rooted in your why. It's rooted in the the you, who you are. Okay, it's like your experience, your upbringing, your background, your history, and so your why is rooted in that. And so all you're doing in conversion is expressing your why in a different way. Hmm. So it's a little interesting, kind of like what, you know, we talked about our childhoods, you know, often, maybe we'll get into that later, but um, ministry is a weird place because it, it attracts introverts and extroverts, and then introverts have to feel like they, they actually feel like they need to be extroverts because of, the, because of the vocation, because of the ministry, you know, because of the people side of it. But I think right. you're right as far as when you see people's lives change and see people experience love and experience acceptance, experience just a one-on-one smile, you know, face-to-face. Yeah. There's something that that does 
to a person that's addictive and you want to keep doing that. Right. You want people to keep experiencing. <clears throat> but I've seen you in meetings. You're like the life of the party on in like huddles and staff meetings and stuff like that. And so it's, it's interesting that you, I know you're an introvert just because of the draining aspect of people. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, and it's weird. I haven't quite been able to pinpoint what, what really drains or where like what's life giving and what's, what's draining. Mm. And I haven't done enough work internally, but that's something that I've been trying to like pay attention to more is what's, what's happening on the inside and what's actually driving what I do and where is it coming from? Where like ultimately motivation. And we talk a lot about motivation (laughs) because I can do a lot of good things, but if the motivation is, Go for it, man. Get it. That's your wife. You got to get it, man. Go for it. It's going to be cut out if we need to. Okay. Hey, man. Or we leave it in. I'm not. Yeah, we're we're in the middle of a podcast right now. We're we're recording. So. Well, I did, but then you called again. It's all good. You're on the podcast. It's good. So, family's important, man. Family's important. Everyone, uh, this is my wife, Jordan, on the phone with me. So, Jordan, say hi to everyone. Hi. There's only a couple people we would actually answer the phone for. It's our wives. <laughs> yeah. Hi, right. Hey, and our kids. And, and our kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, sweetie. Okay. All right. Well, well yeah, you, okay. you're gonna get some airtime if we ever if we ever decide to put this out in the the cyberspace. Okay. All right, we we gotta go because Andy's just gonna keep yelling hello to you. Okay. Did you say hi, to him? hi, Andy. Love you. Okay, Billy. All right, love you. Bye. All right, love you too. Bye. And crewy, <laughs> <laughs> Crew is babying as well. Oh man. Uh, he's like, where were we uh, Andy, don't you know dad's doing a podcast? That's what Crew, that's what Crew's saying. <laughs> yeah, he's got that scowl on the face. Like, Dude, don't you, you know, know he's doing a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> As if it's something that I've done all the time right, before. Right. This he, knows, first he, knows. One. <laughs> he knows. He's got that telekinesis power, you know? It's funny. Uh, but I think the motivation of why, I think their, their motivation and where it comes from is, is an interesting thing to explore. I don't know if anybody really ever takes time to sit and think about their motivation. Or if they're just instinctively driven by it. Yeah, and I don't know if that's like a like a, a Western thing. I was talking to a couple in our church, um, and they are uh, his Hispanic couple, and they're you know we're talking about the quinceanera that they're getting ready to do for their daughter, and like just she was walking me through the the different um, uh-huh. aspects of a quinceanera, and I've never I've never been a part of one, and I was like, oh my word, like that's amazing, and. And it's like a, this rite of passage thing, but I think it, and I was telling her, I said, I said, there's some parts of our culture that I think we miss out on because we don't take time to like stop and actually reflect and think about what's actually happening to our souls. We just move on to the next thing and it's like, oh, cool. That was fun. Great. Moving on. And I'm done. And, and some of it's monumental that oh, happens yeah. that we don't even take time to reflect on it. And there's some things that if you actually think about that happened in your past, whether good or bad you you lose what maybe even like the the story that god was trying to write and and is writing with your life and the story's still being written but it's like that you're not aware of it you're you just 
you miss out on some um, <laughs> that's my alarm because my reminders, my, he... my brain can't remember anything and so I have a reminder put it on calendar he got to put it on a reminder <laughs> it's got to make noise yeah it's got to make noise because the buzz doesn't doesn't matter that's but funny. if I but if I turn my volume up on my phone that I actually get like a ding well, notification just look at your it gives me anxiety well, you just because look at your calendar the and say, oh, that's coming. Oh, that's coming. And then, oh, I didn't do that, so let me do that. Right, but no? the anxiety okay. comes in oh, okay. where it's like, what am I forgetting? Oh, okay. Even though I looked at it, I'm if like, this works, oh, man, I, I mean, If it works something. for you, man, just keep doing it. If it works, just keep doing it. <laughs> well, it works until we start recording the podcast. I was in the car with a guy the other day, and he's like, hey, Siri, um, schedule or remind me at 11 o'clock this. And I'm like, that's genius. I've never, I've just never done that. But that's so good because you can tell your phone to remind you, and it's like, Oh, that's why I have a phone. Yeah, but if you do that, you got to you got to set up your notifications to actually notify you through the reminders app. I didn't oh, really want you to do you anything. just okay. done. <laughs> Siri, did she set up something? Sure oh, did. Crud. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. But. Oh man! I think um, back to the the idea of a rite of passage. I think there's something, and I'm not sure why. Western Anglo, I don't know what, I don't know what the cultural reference is. American, I guess you could say, why yeah. is it that we stopped doing a rite of passage? Because it, men in particular, we can, we can't speak to women because we we're not women, but the quinceanera right. and the Latin culture, um, you know, women have a, um, a defining moment in their life that's physical and they experience womanhood just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a moment. So it's not mm-hmm. whether it's celebrated or not, there's a moment, but I think there's guys. Yeah. Our voice may crackle and change and blah, but we never get to a point where another man says you're a man. Mm-hmm. Now you're a man. And I think that's what that rite of passage is. That moment in time where you're like, okay, so you're not a boy anymore. Now you're a man. And I wonder what that does to someone's like soul mm-hmm. and even like at the deepest level of of an individual, say a man, for example, to, they don't have to go through their life wondering if they are enough. Like somebody along the way has said, if it works, you mean with the right passage? Yeah. Yeah. Like if it, if it's, well, cause they accomplished a mission, like in indigenous culture, in American Indians, and even, you know, in central American Indians, there's a, there's a thing you have to do, go out and hunt this thing and bring back this, Mm. you know, animal or go live out in the wilderness for a month and then come back, you know? And it's like, once you accomplish that, people are like, you did that. So you're a man. We don't Mm. have that. So there's like, like they accomplish something. So someone's not just blowing smoke and someone's not just like, eh, good job, dude. You turned 16. You know, it's not that it's like, there's something they did that was significant and a sacrifice and, and difficult and they accomplished it. And so it's like, I don't know, and I don't even know if it's meaningful to set anything up, but I do think in our realm as pastors, there's something important about us calling men to be men and actually telling men, even if they're 30, hey, you're a man, because they've probably Mm. never been told that. Yeah. And it's almost like a... Like you're enough, like you're here, you've arrived, you can do this, you know, like you have the God-given ability, you have, you have what it takes and you're... You're, you're married, you have kids and, and still striving for, am I a man? That's what a lot of us think. And, uh, whether it was a good relationship or a bad relationship with our dads, um, I had a phenomenal relationship would still do with my dad. Um, but I think there's some, there's some things that as we learn and as we go to, f- to hear someone say, man, proud of you, you did this, 
you're a man. Yeah. It's almost like a stamp of, uh, I mean, rite of passage is the yeah. way to say it, but yeah. like a, another way is to think about it is like a stamp of approval. Like, yeah, recognition. Because if not, if, if that, if a moment ever happens, and we got to be careful not to like put too much power in the hands of like our dads or the, you know, the, the men in our life or expectations on them that putting maybe expectations they, on them. Yeah, yeah. They, I think that's a they met or didn't meet. I think putting pressure on them is good, but I think the expectation of our source of happiness, that's different yes. or fulfillment. Yeah. Because if I'm not Especially careful, then I'll, too. I'll chase after something my whole life and never feel like I actually accomplished it Yeah, because, and it could just be oh. a simple, Somebody coming alongside me and saying, hey, I recognize this in you and like, boom. Right. Like, right. Uh, and that that's could be the value of the church, though. The value of the church recognizing gifting in other people and, and seeing people for who they are and how their gifts are benefited, mm-hmm. um, how people are benefited from their gifts. You're an encourager. You, you experience that being around you and someone telling you that and calling that out of you. Is a pretty powerful thing. Well, and what that does is it gives somebody it gives somebody permission to operate in the way that God has designed them to operate, rather than having they chase things if they don't have that kind of like um, like that stamp. I don't know how else to say it, but mm-hmm. it, then they they end up chasing things that God right. never intended for them to chase and they're super unfulfilled throughout their whole life. I, I think well, about passions, even, you know, you chase passions. Yeah, my own life and even I, I'm here I am 33 years old and I feel like I'm just now and part of this is just cuz some of the work that uh you and I have done and get, just having the freedom to talk out loud is I feel like I'm just now starting to settle into and be okay with who God created me to be. Because mm. you, the phrase goes, oh, just like the world will tell you, just love yourself. Mm. And, but we got a ton of people running around and they don't even know who they, who they are. So how can they love someone that they don't even know? You right. know what I mean? And so instead of saying, just love yourself, you could say, love who God created you to be. Like, fall in love with who God created you to be and be okay with that because the expectations of our culture and our world, we elevate leadership, we elevate these people who are icons in our community or in our world, and we all strive to be that, and we, we push to the side, discredit the little guy, so to speak, if you, yeah. you want to say it like that. And then it tells everyone, what it communicates is that, oh, Everyone else is unimportant. Subpar. But it's, it's all those pieces working together. It's all those people that are walk, running in their lane that actually makes way for some of these other people that God has created for something that's maybe a little bit more public visible. or yeah. visible. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if the, the, the world we live in, especially today, celebrity culture elevates certain people because of opportunity and then those people begin to think there's something special Mm -hmm. but no one's an island to just be self-sufficient i mean it just doesn't happen but i think there are some people that have muscled through certain experiences like i think personally that not everyone is a leader i don't think god created everyone to be a leader because when you're not a leader and you try to be it's super frustrating it's not fulfilling it's yeah it exhausts you it depletes you it wears you out it drains you and then you're on the couch in a fetal position trying to like recover because you're not supposed to be that leader. Um, there's other people that should be a leader and they're hiding. They're not stepping into it. Mm. And so not everybody should be a leader. And so today there's very popular like, oh, you leaders out there, everybody's a leader. 
No, I, I think that's unfortunate because there's people that have incredible skills that they think are less because they deep down inside know they're not leaders. They deep down inside know who they are. And so they're trying to shut the, like shut off what God's created them to be and become something they're not. And when you can pour into someone and say, I have a few people in mind that we are around. And when you can tell that person, Hey, this is your thing and it's so good. You need to step into that. Whether it's visible leadership or simple servant, servanthood, whatever it is, man, it's, it's a powerful thing to, to loosen people. And then the pieces fit together, especially in the body of Christ, the people, pieces fit together and a community has changed because everyone's in their, in their spot. And it's not a limitation. I think today this world is you can be anything you want to be. Kind of. But what does it take to be anything you want to be? It takes luck. It takes opportunity. It takes gifting and skill. And you can't reproduce the luck, but you can, you know, you can work hard on your gifting. But what if you're never lucky enough to bump into the right person? There's highly skilled people out there that just never have the opportunity or the luck to, to break into whatever it is, you know? So I think the world goes around hmm. with everyone finding their place and being okay with it. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that, that not everyone, and I, I feel like I've heard you say this before, but I haven't thought about it in this way. I, I think I've done that as a pastor sometimes is I feel like there's, you know, uh, one of the pressures that I feel is to get everyone around me to be a leader. So mm. it's almost like that's the end game is like, oh, you're here. And we, as you know, uh, as ministry leaders, <clears throat> there's a pressure to feel like you got to move people along in this process. <laughs> and we have the destination for them instead of letting them right. run to God's destination for them. <laughs> yes. And letting them, giving them this freedom and the space to discover where God is taking them yeah. instead of projecting our own plans and ideas for that person even our lusts and desires for them oh yeah you know it's like or and this is even i don't know if the right word is worse but what we battle with is are we calling this person to this position or place of leadership because it benefits us yeah. because well, it, it will help us get to where we ultimately want to be. And then we end up using people along the way. And then there's tons of people walking around and be like, I was used by the church. And that's why we have a culture that is. <laughs> What's well, like you want to, you want, you want to work yourself out of a job and reproduce yourself. But that's so difficult to do when that person you're trying to reproduce into, you don't have discernment enough or anybody doesn't to see that that person's skill should be better off somewhere else. And mm -hmm. so true love and true service is, I know that I'm going to work myself out of a job, but in this particular case, this person that I'm pouring into, oh, they'd be so good over here because that's what they're gifted to do. And I'm going to let them go because they're not mine anyway. So I'm not stepping on them to get where I want to be. I'm actually mm -hmm. empowering them and giving them a space to be who they're supposed to be. Um, and how beautiful is that? And we think that's not success because I'm not worked out of a job. But if I've just spread the, 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 the service and the influence to other areas that I'm not even over, over but I was influential in their life to get them in the right spot. That's super powerful. Well, and some people would say that that's dismissive of your responsibility as a pastor right. because you have to do everything. Like, and I, right. um, I think of some of the experiences that I've had in the in the past when it comes to specifically ministry um, in the church is, well, as a pastor, as a leader, as as a staff member, or even a volunteer in a significant role, or a, I say significant, like a uh, 
high capacity role, it's my job to do everything because that's why I'm there. It's my it's my job to do everything rather than to equip others. And if you if you push others to do um sometimes it's perceived as oh, well you just sh- you're just shirking your responsibility. Right. And it's like well and that creates anxiety and equipping, in me. equipping our job is equipping. And here, here I mean it all goes into the definition of what a pastor is and mm. we kind of went on a rabbit trail which is our our best thing that we ever do, but it's like a pastor's defined is defined by there's several sources scripture expectations of people and then expectations on ourselves from what we've seen and observed and so we have our pastor when he grew up or maybe someone we've been around mm-hmm. oh that's what it means to be a pastor and then scripture says something so we try to live up to that and then people expect something to try to live up to that we well, end up yeah. running all over trying to do it all and when it comes down to the simple it's a pastor's job is to equip the believers the church for the work and so it's like yeah, there's a moment where I feel like I'm doing it all. And little by little, I let those things go in order for other people to do it better than I do. But I've kind of settled in that I'll always be doing a lot of stuff. Not in a bad way, but they're just things I enjoy doing that I'm probably always going to do that most pastors I've seen don't do it. <laughs> don't do those things. But that's the beauty of where we are currently is that, okay, so this is something I enjoy to do. And most pastors don't do it, but I'll do it, you know. And it's not a bad thing. I'm just like graphics and videos and stuff that's technical. I, I, I really love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll probably always have my hand in the mix of that stuff. Um, but I don't want to do other things like build and, const- and construction and and uh, plumbing. And <laughs> there's stuff that I don't want to do that maybe you love, you know. So Yeah, and find, find joy in. Kind of fulfillment, you know. Yeah. And I wonder, maybe we can... Maybe we can end the the podcast this way, but um, I just want you to talk about your your this first question, which was where did you feel like ill equipped? Because I think it comes back to this, and if we'll ramble back to this, like it's like rabbit trail back to it. Okay, it's like we're in a place right now where we're both making decisions. I'm ten years ahead of you, hmm. and I've I've gone a certain direction, and 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 for better or for worse. I've a hundred meter raced you to where I am, but it took me 10 years to get there because you're walking with me in the season. You're not taking the slow marathon, but you're doing the hundred meter dash to where I am. You know what I'm saying? So I went around the mountain and you're just cutting over here. And I don't know if I can explain that right, but what's happening is we're on this journey and I'm ahead of you and your expectation is to be, up where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm up anywhere. I'm just saying like the process has been longer for me because I've been in this long process. You've stepped into it and it's like, and so some of the anxiety is, and I think this is my projection onto you. Some of the anxiety is I was in a system before I came here and now I'm learning a different system that has a little more freedom that you probably eventually would have been to in the next 20 years. But now it's had to happen in a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what's the anxiety that you feel, the ill-equipped part of ministry that you feel for yourself? I think because I see you and other ministry leaders who, like you said, are farther down the road or and 
depending on how you define that, I would maybe say it like they're they've had they've been they have more experience. So they've experienced a lot more than I have. It's the time under your belt. Yeah. Of, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. And I just have this just I don't know how to get away from it. And it creates a lot of anxiety in my life to feel like I need to be where others are. And I'm really hard on myself. So if regardless of what you think about the Enneagram or whatnot, like mm-hmm. I, if anyone ever listens to this. <laughs> um, Don't judge. So if I'm a, <laughs> it, I, I've been thinking about that and my originally we thought we were a one or I was a one and then maybe I'm a three. I don't know. But like there's a something in there that's like an achievement. There's Mm -hmm. a, there's a desire to achieve. And here's what's interesting is I almost crunch it. I did this in college too. Like I knew a test was coming. I knew something uh, was a, a deadline needed to be met and I could have taken the time to walk through it slowly and, and make steps toward progress to getting to the end goal. Mm. But instead, I, f- I would find myself like waiting until I was under pressure mm. because I feel like if I'm under pressure, then, which I hate pressure, by the way, I feel it like rises up in me and I, I respond to people poorly and all this kind of stuff. But it's this weird thing that, that I find myself doing. And this is some you of don't the have a choice, right? Like where now I have to do this. Right. Because before, I feel like if I were to choose, then I would be saying something else or saying no to something else when I really didn't have to be working on that. Right. But it would set me up for long, long-term long success and less anxiety in my life. But instead, I wait until the last minute. Mm-hmm. Or when somebody – or and this is why I think maybe um, we had a conversation about like, man, just Ray, just tell me what to do. Right. Because then I would fulfill that desire for achievement – because when you're under pressure, you can look back and be like, got it done. I achieved it. Right. And it doesn't, it feels different than doing it along the way. Right. Instead of waiting till you're like come right at the. Hey, come over here. You can interrupt. You can interrupt. Seriously, Jordan come over here. She's like, oh. I, want you, I want you to. <laughs> I want you to come. We're almost done. It feels different than. Um, than doing it long term, like in pieces, and we talk about progress, not perfection. You know, like yeah. doing it in pieces. And but that's why legalism is so good because legalism tells you exactly what, what to, to do, do, and you do it, and it appeases that, or it fulfills that inner. It's almost like a lust to check off a list. Well, and yeah, it's a, it's a deep rooted pride in myself. So not only to appease the expectations of others, but then I can look at my own life and say, I've achieved what those around me expected of me. Mm-hmm. And, but in the end, have I fulfilled what God has actually created me to do? And that's where I think the emptiness comes in because you, you end up doing all these things to fulfill the expectations of the people around you. And it feels good in the moment to be like, oh, I did that. Hmm. But at the end, it's it sucks the life out of your soul because you know that you've you've had your hands in and you're doing things that 
you had no business doing. The only reason that you were doing them was to try to gain the approval or the to fulfill the expectations of others, yeah. not because it was what you were really designed to do. Well, and some of it is based on pay because you're being paid to do something and have mm. achievement and, and, and accomplish something. Yeah. Another part is people's expectations on them, and it, and and we end up pushing. We end up pushing what God really wants us to do to the side, and we trade it for something good, but we trade it for something less than what He wants us to do. Mm. And that's really interesting because you 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 are doing good things, and I'm, I mean you've done lots of good things in your past in your ministry where you've where you've been ministering since 2012. You've done a lot of great things, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a moment, and maybe that's age, maybe it's rebellion. I don't know what it is, but you come to a place where you you say, okay, why am I doing that? And what's yeah. the purpose? Yeah. And what am I actually doing? And then you come to a place where you're like, okay, so if God has given me freedom to serve him and he's given me gifting and he's given me abilities and experiences and he's given me people to love, well, how am I going to do this? And is there a right path or is there several ways to do it? And which way is he gifted me to do it? And so actually stopping to think. And I think the ill-equipped side of this question that we were talking through is, I think there is an expectation that we have to have a certain either degree or a accomplishment or experience or wisdom or divine revelation, whatever it is, to actually be successful in something. And sometimes it's simply just saying yes and showing up. Sometimes it's just that. Yeah. Um, and when you say yes and show up, it may be a little messy, but then it accomplishes something very significant. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the the story of my life is that even when I was in specifically my role was student ministry people people would ask and people do still ask uh sometimes but like what made you what advice would you give or whatever and (laughs) honestly like i look back on my time as as a youth pastor and i'm like i I just tried to be present in people's lives Mm -hmm. and i think that's transferred over into the, the ministry here is that I don't, I'm, we say all the time, we're just not that good. We're, not that, <laughs> we're really not that good. But I just try to logistically be Logistically speaking yeah, and, logistically, and systematically yeah. speaking and actually good at this thing, we're not that good. But God does some amazing things that we get to sit back and enjoy and, and be a part of. And it's like, oh yeah, God did that. We didn't do that because we're not that good. Yeah. And we don't want, I don't ever want to get to the place where I'm like, ooh, we're that good. I don't want that because then it's less fulfilling. Well, it cheapens it too. And it makes it feel like it was something that you did. That's why I have to fight daily against this, this mentality of achievement, Mm. because if I'm not careful, I'll point to what I did instead of recognizing what God did. And, Mm. and, and, and I will, I will grab onto that as my source of joy, my source of fulfillment and satisfaction of what I achieved and really it's empty because yeah. I can point to several things that I did I, I, that you could argue that I did under my own power but those aren't the things that really long term like keep you in the game so to speak it's the things that God did that you're like whoa I didn't even know that was happening well, those are but I just long. showed up they're, they're like they're like lasting yeah and so you know you, you can either lead someone like we like to say in our circles lead someone to Jesus and we can save them and we can convince them and we can tell them all the right stuff and pray mm-hmm. this thing and say these magical words. And when we all, when we do that, then we become 
the fixer in their life. So you need to do this and dress this way and look this way and come to these things and do these activities. And so we end up scheduling people's spiritual lives. And so what yeah. we end up doing, well, the alternative is and then how long does that last? And it doesn't last because eventually they flake out, burn out, get frustrated, get upset, get hurt, you know, all that. Well, the alternative is, okay, I'm going to walk with people, help them make spiritual decisions, point them to Jesus. I'm not going to lead them there. I'm going to point them there and I'm going to encourage them to go to him for the source and then sit back and be available and walk through difficult times and walk as an example, but never, ever tell someone, oh, you need to stop this. Well, unless it's hurting themselves or damaging or whatever, there's a, there's, there's a, there's definitely a line. But when you look at that, you see how they respond to God and they respond to scripture. They respond to the spirits working in their lives and you encourage that. Mm-hmm. You can walk away, and ten years later, they'll still be following Jesus because they're not following you; they're following Jesus, whether yeah. they're there or not. And those are the people you look at, and you're like, "That road was so long, but that road was good because yeah. Jesus did it. I didn't do it." Well, it was messy, and we want a systematic. Like, I want to be able to say, "Okay, in order to get from point A to point B, the way my mind works mm-hmm. is very programmed, very scheduled, very like uh, there's a system, systematic." And so I want to be able to say that I got somebody from point A to point B, and this is where like I got to be careful with like the pride and the whole achievement right. mentality. Well, we were taught, and, and to be fair, yeah, whether it was vocalized or we just saw it modeled, mm. we were taught there was a right way to do things, yep. and if you would do these things this way, people's lives would change, they'd come to Christ, and you'd build a church. Mm. And there's lots of people that did it, yeah. like actually systematically went through the process and did it. Well, Scripture doesn't say that. Scripture says that Paul planted and Apollos or Apollo, Apollos planted, Paul watered, whoever, but God gives the increase. And then Jesus says the spirit moves how it wants to move. And it's about his kingdom. It's not my kingdom. And, and it's like the scriptures talk about different things, not about systematic approach to life change. Mm-hmm. It's about what does he want? How is he doing it? Yeah. And we get to participate when he tells us to participate. And teaching people to ask that question. Right. Not what does Reuben want or what does what does Ray want? What like, should I do? Well, yeah, I and, can tell you, but <laughs> and and there's a really yeah, there's a really there's a there's a temptation there to right. say I can see where your life is is heading, and let me try to guide you and direct you, and but it's but without yeah. telling you, say like do this, this, and this, and then all your problems will be fixed because they could do X, Y, Z, exactly what you told them to do. And they could find themselves in the very same situation. And so it's finding God in the midst of that situation and understanding that he's with you, that he's walking with you and that he's, he's for you. And he's, he's actually working even though you can't see it and, and, and tethering them to that truth rather than tethering them to yourselves. Because if they're, if they are successful, say they do find themselves out of that situation what happens is, oh, I did those Ru- things. I did those things that Reuben told me to do, or Ray told me to do, right. and I f- and it worked. So let me do that again, and let me do it again, or let me go back. I find myself in another situation now. I got to go back to Reuben because he's the mm. he's the holder of the key. He's to a pharmacist unlock. that I got to go get the medicine from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's and, a spiritual pharmacist. A little bit of Jesus for you, and you, yeah, and you, and, it's and like, I carry okay. your, and and then I end up carrying around. And everybody's going to think that we're just that super loosey-goosey. And we have a personal systematic approach to our spiritual lives. And mm-hmm. we have a personal thing that we know has worked for us. And we even in our church have things we do on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And so we're not saying throw out a system or skeleton or backbone or, or structure. We're not saying that. 
It's the, when it comes down to the soul, when it comes down to people's personal lives and their personal decisions of walking with Jesus, we're there to highlight Jesus in their life and ask them questions to see if they see it. And so if we see Jesus working in their life, can we ask them a questions to see if they see it? And our job is to train them to see it, not mm -hmm. to tell them what to do. We're yeah. totally different. Because then they turn to him when they need help. Right. They turn right. to Because we're not always going to be there. Need. Truth is, we're going to be on vacation someday, and they're going to be like, you were on vacation, so my life fell apart. Well, crap. Well, and then we can't even enjoy a, a vacation. <laughs> we feel like, man, I can't, I can't step I away from this. I my phone off. I can't I gotta walk away because these people are bothering me. And it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. And, and over time, you tether so many people to you, and you... He, like and you're I felt this way before. Like a crazy person, stretched out, but you're trapped because oh, yeah. you're like, if I walk away, all these people's spiritual lives, and how prideful to think that we I'm responsible that. for yeah. the spiritual lives of everyone mm -hmm. that I encounter. But I've done it to myself. Like I've I've te I've tethered people to myself rather than pointing them to Jesus. If I'm if I'm you know. If I'm not careful, <laughs> and then I don't, we, we don't have time to get into this. We'll have to do this next time. I need to write this down for next time. But it is very. It's we are followers of Jesus, mm -hmm. and just what you just described is actually more like Satan than like Jesus, because Oof. he kept worship for himself, yep. and he didn't bring it to God, and that is the greatest temptation of ministers and people in general is to tie people to us, make us the center of a fo focus, and if without me they can't do it we become the keepers of glory and the worship Yep. and we have the answer. And so we're keeping it instead of pointing people to Jesus, we become more like Satan than, than like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the greatest temptation really of, of ministers. But so quiet part out loud. I don't know if we said anything quiet out loud, but we did say a few things, but we're going to wrap yeah. it up because I got to go. I didn't whisper anything. So that's good. So we'll continue that question. I'm not even sure if we answered it, but we rabbited all over the place and rambled Ooh. everywhere. That was a good rabbit hole ramble with Ray and Ruben. Ooh. And rabbit hole ramble with Ray, Ray and Ruben. Rabbit hole ramble with Ray and Ruben. Hey, yeah. we might have just found a... We might have quiet found, part out loud. We might have just found... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super. Our, our image is going to be like oh, yeah. the entire square of words. We won't will have... And we have a rabbit. I think that should be our icon as a rabbit. Oh. That would actually be good. Rabbit hole ramble with rabbit Ray and Ruben. Ramble with Ray and Ruben. He's ready to get <laughs> Oh, it's so good. We're we're going places, guys. We're going places. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Ray is an incredible <laughs> artist, by the that way. That was not incredible. That looks like crap on a stick. <laughs> well, at least at least you're not at the fair and feel like you have to eat it. That is true. And it look and at least I'm not at the fair selling art. So, yeah, then I feel really bad. We were digressing so bad right now. All right. See you next time. Actually, hopefully we have a pretty good outro on this thing. This is a terrible ending. It's like land the plane, land the plane. We can't do it. We can't do it. So we got to cut us off. That's a different conversation I'll have to.